every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. And I'm Jordan, the group scientist. I'm Hannah, and I know seven things. <laughs> so funny. So we received the message on social media from a fan named Jared from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is not far from us. He says, hey guys, I just started listening to you. Found you on a search in Spotify. I am currently just south of you guys in Lancaster. My wife and I love to go to Gettysburg. Would you guys be able to do a show on different places in the town? Love you guys and love your show. That's very nice. I know. That's Hi, awesome. Jared. Thank you. So Jared just found us through a uh, Spotify search and started listening and loves us. That's awesome. And he wanted us to do a Gettysburg podcast episode to talk about the haunted and paranormal spots in Gettysburg. So we took this request one step further, and we actually have a very, very special guest today. It is Cameron Sowers. He is getting his doctorate. He studied Civil War a lot. Cameron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you for having me. Yes. So before we get into this, let's talk about you a little bit. Um, yeah. And let's talk about how and why you kind of got into such heavy Civil War studies. Yeah, yeah. So it started for me um, very young with um, an elementary school, just like a book of Civil War photographs. Um, my godfather uh, was born and raised in Gettysburg. And so I think he tried to encourage that in me. My parents always had books around the house and like I picked up a Civil War book and Gettysburg occupies such a large place in the Civil War. And so that got me into it. I loved it as a kid. Um, and so when it came time for like college and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, I figured if I was going to have to spend four years in a place, I was <laughs> going to do it in a place I enjoyed. Right. So I went to Gettysburg College. Um, I spent four years as a history major. I graduated um, Gettysburg doing um, history, public history, civil war studies is what my degree is in. Um, and I fell in love with going to school. I realized when you actually like what you're studying in school, it's a lot more fun. Right. And so I went on and got a master's degree at the University of Kentucky. And uh, now I'm a PhD student at Penn State, where I look at the Civil War era America. I'm currently writing about um, work relief programs. So essentially, instead of offering welfare to people, they've been made to work in the Civil War. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I still love Gettysburg, trying to visit whenever I can. And uh, tour around the battlefields in town. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So if we go to Gettysburg, we have to bring Cameron, and he has to give us a <laughs> private tour, right? Yeah. Did you wait? Did, did you give tours while you were in oh, college? There? Okay. So the question of, of tours is a vexed one. <laughs> um, so the own. So there is a group called Licensed Battlefield Guides. There's about 200 of them. They have cool badges. It's <laughs> like a like a police looking badge. That's cool. Um, and they are the only people who can accept money for doing a tour. Oh, wow. And those people, like, they can break the battlefield down to such a minute level. They are incredible. I've had so many wonderful conversations with them over the years. Um, to become a licensed battlefield guide at Gettysburg, this program of study for them is not unlike getting a PhD. Um, wow. So many of these people essentially have a PhD in Gettysburg. Wow. Um, but I have led groups just as like 
the volunteer doing service. A lot of it was through programs at the college mm -hmm. um, to take out groups to just kind of talk about one, the history of the places, how the college uses the places. But um, if you put me in a car and took me around the Gettysburg battlefield as just friends, like I could do it, did that many times for folks. And unfortunately my family who, whenever oh. they came to visit me at college was put through an expedition to some like <laughs> far off wood plot. And I was like, this is so important. Um, and I think everyone just went at lunch most of the time. Uh, so, I feel like I could just hear Mayor saying, yeah. that's great, Cam. That's great, Cam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for you listeners, uh, the way we know Cameron is because one of our best friends, Meredith, is Cameron's uh, older sister. Um, so that's how uh, we all know each other. Yeah. And it's uh, great yeah. to know someone personally who has such a close connection to Gettysburg, exactly. which is not that far from us. You don't know very many historians in your life, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> Every, everyone, everybody needs just one in their life. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Super important. So if we do a full investigation in Gettysburg, Cameron, would you be willing to go along? Yeah, sure. Cool. I don't yeah. live far from Gettysburg, and um, it'd be fun. That'd be awesome. How how far from us is Gettysburg? Because I don't know. From <laughs> us? Um, well, yeah. if you drive like me, two hours, two hours and 15 minutes. Um, if you believe in speed limits, about two and a half hours. <laughs> okay, okay. Not bad. How far is it from you currently? About two hours, two and a half. So it's hours. about the same for okay. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. I essentially have to go south where you would have to go west. Yeah. Okay. okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, let's get started. I'm so excited for this episode. We have some really awesome uh, spots to talk about. Cameron's going to talk about the history and why it's important. Of course, we're going to go over the paranormal stuff, and uh, this is going to be a great episode. We might not cover every single spot in Gettysburg, so perhaps there might be a part two to uh, this Gettysburg uh, podcast episode. But let's get right into the chilling tales of Gettysburg. In the hallowed shadows of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where the whispers of history echo through the centuries, a spectral veil descends upon the quaint town. As the sun sets and the world retreats into darkness, an eerie stillness settles over the landscape, disturbed by the phantom shouts of soldiers, gunfire, and distant cannons. Gettysburg, a place steeped in the blood of anguish of the Civil War, holds within its buildings and desolate fields tales that defy the passage of time. Beneath the moon's silvery glow, the air thickens with a sense of foreboding, and the spirits of the fallen rise from their unmarked graves to relive the horrors of the battle. Prepare to step into the realm of the unknown, where the line between the living and the dead blurs, and the chilling winds carry the anguished cries of soldiers long gone. I feel like the first spot we have to talk about if we're going to talk about the Battle of Gettysburg is the Jenny Wade House, right, Cameron? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, why don't you take it away and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so the Jenny Wade House sits on the south side of Gettysburg, almost today still one of the last buildings on the south side of Gettysburg. Um, and so it sits on a rise where the town of Gettysburg is essentially on a small hill. And so from the center square of town, you go up a brief hill, and you go all the way down the main street um, to one of the main kind of tourist destinations is a street called Steinware Street. Uh, the Jenny Wade is on the street adjacent to Steinware Street, but it sits right as the ground goes right back up into the ridge towards Cemetery Hill, um, which is home of the cemetery that I think we'll be talking about later. Um, so on the first day of the Battle of Gettysburg, essentially the Union Army, as it's retreating from the lands on the north side of town, the Union Army essentially runs past what we call the Jenny Wade house. Except it's not Jenny Wade's house, it's right. her sister's house. Oh. Yeah. And so on the first day, 
Jenny, um, like many civilians, is taking shelter. The battle is happening on the north side, decides to go a little bit safer, goes to the south side, except then the, battle the, the army kind of follows them and they get encircled and ensnared. Um, the Confederate army occupies the town on the first night um, and the army set their locations for the second and the third. Um, it's on the second that Jenny goes and essentially performs relief work for the soldiers. Um, she starts making bread. The third day, um, the second day gets real long, real drawn out. Um, but it's not until midnight that the fighting around Jenny's house escalates mm. um, a few hundred yards down the street. There are um, down the street in a place now called the Farnsworth Inn, which is a restaurant, another very haunted site. Uh, now a restaurant, um, wonderful ice cream place across the street. Um, <laughs> the Farnsworth House has Confederate sharpshooters in the attic of the Farnsworth House. They're firing towards the Union positions, and Jenny is in the kitchen of her sister's house baking bread when one of the bullets, a stray bullet, um, goes through the door, enters Jenny, and I, Jenny's spine, I think, is it, where she's um, shot. According to the, because this is the this is the story that I read yeah. that I researched, um, and I read that the bullet went through two doors, hit her in the back, uh, went through her obviously her body, uh, yeah. through her heart, and into her corset where it eventually stopped, uh, and she was killed instantly. That's very yeah. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. There's if memory serves, like. Well, uh, the number I, the number I would say is a lot of, of bullet holes that are in the Jenny Wade house. 150. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I read, this is what I read about. I'm not trying to like blow up your no, spot or anything, man. Math is I... not one of the things I excelled at. Getting to <laughs> um, and so one of the, 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 the tragic dimensions that I think makes, uh, for me, the, the, the Jenny Wade story, um, what it is, is that Jenny Wade was very close friends, some allege engaged to a young man from Gettysburg named Jack Skelly, hmm. yep. um, who at the time that Jenny was killed, um, Jack Skelly was laying wounded in fighting that had happened about a half month prior as the armies made their way towards Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. um, so, when yeah. Jenny is killed, I I'm like 95% certain that she has a photo of Jack in her pocket. Oh, um, there sad. are a lot of right. Um, there's also a, a Gettysburgian in the um, Confederate army named Wesley Culp, uh, the family that owns Culp's Hill, um, that I think rumor has it. And there's a lot of legends and stuff, right? People weren't writing this down, um, that he had gone into town and seen Jenny. Um, the night before, which there's a book written about the, the Gettysburg uh, people that come back. But yeah, so Jenny Wade um, and Jack Skelly are killed. Jenny Wade House still sits, very popular attraction. There's a statue of her outside. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of the history of, oh, I guess the addendum is Jack Skelly dies a few weeks later and Gettysburg also has a building um, named for him in town. Yeah, yeah, it was the, the Grand Army of the Republic, which was the Union Veterans Fraternal Organization after the war. Their post, which still stands today, and I've been in, it's a really cool building. It's called the Jack Skelly Post. Um, but yeah, and then I guess you guys have some other things about, about the Jenny Wade house that, that you've yeah. looked into. Thank you for yeah. the history break. Then I love little tidbits that there's the nice ice cream shop across yeah. from the Farnsworth and that's nice now a, a restaurant. Like somebody that knows yeah. the local lore, like everything that. That way, if people go, they like, okay, well, I heard about this in the podcast. Like, let's go to the ice cream yeah, shop yeah, yeah, or let's yeah. go to yeah. this restaurant. That's, that's awesome. Well, there's a, there's a, um, a t shirt that someone in the town of Gettysburg sells. 
um, that Gettysburg is a drinking town with a history problem. Instead of <laughs> <the other laughs> history town and so if you are not at all into history, there's still a lot of great food and drink to experience in yeah. Gettysburg. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Hannah, let's hear about the paranormal stuff that happens in this tragic story. Okay. So I, I initially going into this, I had, I like, I've never been to Gettysburg, so I had no idea about any of this. Um, Jenny Wade of the Jenny Wade house, um, she was actually the only civilian killed in the Battle of Gettysburg, which makes her kind of an important figure. So, and this is one of the really interesting, right, as a historian is what we remember, mm -hmm. is Jenny is the only one killed during the battle. After the really? battle, there's civilians that die in the cleanup effort. Okay. Uh, soldiers left loaded muskets and are killed on the field. But I think there's a particularly tragic dimension, right, of civilians are killed very rarely during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, oftentimes fighting happens far away from, mm -hmm. from these kind of places. So, yeah, so Jenny is the only one killed during the battle. But, um, yeah, sorry. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd only like learned this a few years ago. There's a list in a, one of the museums in town of like everyone who dies in the months after. Wow, wow that's crazy. I didn't Man, know that. Many of the men from Gettysburg are taken prisoner by the Confederate army and a few of them die in a prisoner of war camp mm -hmm. um, wow. in the South. Um, but Jenny in terms of in the town and can visit the site, um, it is it is haunting to look through, look at the door and go like, this yeah, it it's it's very tragic, and, and not only do they still have the um, the original door that she was shot through, uh, with the original hole still in the door, but they have um, they've not replaced the floorboards at all. The house is mostly like the way she left it. That's crazy. Uh, it, well, not necessarily the way she left it because right. it was you know it wasn't her home. It was owned by her sister uh, and family. But the uh, the original floorboards are still there, and you can see her blood still in the floor where she fell That's after crazy. being shot. I want to know how long her family continued to live in that house, like with well, the holes the and lives. the blood. Because on the one hand, like where are you gonna go? But on the other yeah. hand, like if I had to live in a house where somebody shot my sister I'd in front of me, yeah. yeah, they'd have to fucking drag me away. <laughs> so, so I'm glad that we're, so this is just the Jenny Wade story. I used to house sit for someone that lived a few houses down from Jenny Wade's birthplace. Ah. Um, and I've never been in the birthplace. It's a museum and they do tours out of it. But they recently discovered a brand new room in there that was hiding behind a wall. That That's they cool. Had um, so I just want to say, right, that I think the opportunities for places to experience things in Gettysburg, no matter what your kind of interest is, um, is still there. Uh, and that story came out the start of this week. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Shit, that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we learned. That's crazy. Today, this week, everyone learned. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what other, uh, what, what are some of the paranormal stuff that happens with this house? Oh, okay. So the big one is the, uh, the bullet hole in the door. Um, it is said because Jenny was engaged to Jack Skelly at the time of her death that if you go to the Jenny Wade house and you stick your finger, which I, I suppose your uh, your engagement ring finger, if you go there and you stick it in the door, you'll get uh, engaged soon after, which is very nice of Jenny considering it's how a tragic. Cute little, like, local yeah, that's legend, like actually though. not. That's yeah, really cool. you know, she's like wing womaning you from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot, Jenny. You're a real one. Um, 
And in addition to that, which that's really the main like ghost story of the Jenny Wade house, and it's not even really a ghost story, uh, but it is said that you can still see her apparition hanging around. Um, people have seen her walking through. They've heard voices. Uh, and additionally, they ha- which I think is super cute, uh, they smell the odor of uh, fresh baked bread. Yeah. Oh, which, because that. she was, yeah, because she was killed while she was making these loaves of bread uh, to give to the Union soldiers. Yeah. And, you know, kapow. So tragic. She was just trying to do a nice thing. Yeah. Right? You know, and no, no good deed goes on. wants to die baking bread. Well, you know, I guess it could be worse. You could die face down in the dirt. <laughs> you always have to go there. I, I thought you were going to go the Elvis direction, so I think maybe Jenny Wade had it slightly better. Yeah, you know, um, I probably didn't even really know what hit her. Yeah, probably not. Oh, um, she was buried not necessarily on... She was buried on the property for a while. Like when she when she was shot and died, they carried her into the basement where her body hung out for a little bit, uh, and then she was buried in the backyard of oh, gotcha. the house. Well, they probably yeah. couldn't bury her around the time that she died, unfortunately, yeah. because of the battle. Yeah, I guess. people were fighting and shooting the house. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so she was buried there for a while, and then she was moved to a different cemetery of the church where she was a patron, and then she eventually. Uh, her final resting place is at the Evergreen Cemetery, where she is buried not far from her alleged fiance, uh, Jack Skelly. So they they do get to be together a little bit in death, which is a little bit nice. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure they would have rather had their lives. Yeah. I think it's crazy that the door, like, I don't know. I feel like when I think, I don't know shit about guns, so bear with me here. I may sound really stupid, but like when I think about guns, especially back in the day, I would expect, like, a big old bullet that just shoots through a door and it, like, sprays and dies. Like, you know, the door just isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't have, like, very fine things. But, like, you look... Like, I know when I was learning about Civil War history at ESU, they, like, he had, like, bullets that he showed. And I was like, that is not what I thought the bullets would look like. For some reason, I just guess I thought, like, the Civil War was just barbaric. And I thought that maybe it would be, like, a big-ass rock. That was just getting like, shot out of a gun. Like a musket ball. Yeah, like, and... I don't know what I thought. But when I saw the door, I was like, that's actually, like, a little hole. Like, that's not yeah, what I Yeah, but what expecting. I'm surprised it's at... It's, like, finger-sized. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what I thought, but I just assumed that it was going to be What I'm surprised is a, a weapon back then, just a regular, um, even though it's a sharpshooter gun that fired through back then, was that it was able to travel that distance, plus go through a door, plus go through a body. I mean, yeah, like, of course it stopped finally it. stopping. Yeah, like that's that had a lot of velocity to it then. Yeah, yeah what I'm saying, I just wouldn't have expected the gun to be so. Do you know anything about the gun that was used? Yeah, well, so I know a little bit. I used to, so I've I've shot a couple of of Civil War muskets in my day. That's awesome. Kick ass. Yeah, wait, yeah, that's like a, a weird thing that like when our, my friends when I was in college, like we would hang out off campus, um, like it'd be like shoot muskets <laughs> uh, i've shot i've shot a couple um yeah the, the civil war bullets and you'll test my knowledge right that they they're compared to modern bullets they're they're slow moving i mean it's still moving quite fast yeah um but what those bullets did particularly when they like they hit bodies is their ability to ricochet mm-hmm. um and fragment bones um which is why like civil like the the kind of high mortality rate of civil war wounds is in part because um those bullets were hard to stop 
in a sense, um, for the ricochet in the lead. Um, yeah, um, I'll say making the bullets to shoot in the lead, like not a fun process. <laughs> um and civil war muskets incredibly heavy compared to kind of modern firearms right yeah. so I know not easy have, to accurate or in shoot. the museum they have like um like bones that have the bullets still like lodged in them and everything like that which is absolutely Crazy. terrifying to see yeah. anyway <laughs> i i'm not a gun person so i mean i'm just like well now that we're getting into some of the uh you know brutality of this war and of this battle uh, let's go to Devil's Den. It's it's one of the key geographic features. Um, Devil's Den sits on like, so it's the very south side of town, kind of the very south end of the battlefield. There's a lot of people that move through it. Mm -hmm. um, there is right, it's right down there. So like, this will be like the way too nerdy thing of like pinpointing every little ridge and valley in Gettysburg has its own name. Um, adjacent to Devil's Den is a place, um, the Slaughter Pen. So mm, that sounds ominous. Yeah, yeah, it's not a place <laughs> of happiness. That's no. for sure. Um, but so Devil's Den is this um, kind of rock formation that sits out, um, and Devil's Den uh, comes from a snake. The devil is kind of like mythical story that inhabits it. Um, but it became a key site in the battle because it sat at the foot of two hills in the south side of Gettysburg um, called Big Round Top. And then the smaller one was Little Round Top. Um, they worked really hard on coming up with their names. <laughs> uh, on the second day of Gettysburg, the Confederate Army is lined up to the southwest of the town. And the Union Army is like southwest or southeast through the north. Um, they're positioned on uh, like a north-south axis thing. Um, and so if you're unfamiliar with Gettysburg, great time, pull up a map of the Union <laughs> Fishhook um, is what it's called. Google it, you'll be good. I'm trying to paint a picture with words. And so Devil's Den is where a significant number of Confederate soldiers um, in the thousands, I'm gonna throw out the number of 5,000, 6,000 Confederate soldiers, a couple of brigades come Jeez. through at different points across Devil's Den to get to where they're going. Um, some will splinter off and go and attack Little Round Top, which is the very famous scene in the movie Gettysburg, um, if anyone has watched that. And then others end up going towards a place called the Wheatfield, which is the scene of some really heavy fighting. Uh, and in part, um, Devil's Den encourages the army to splinter because it's a great formation of rocks uh, to climb on, which is its appeal to many Boy Scouts that tour the <laughs> battlefield now. Um, but it also it comes to occupy an incredible symbolic place. There is a photo taken um, from the battlefield um, that at the south end of the battlefield, all of the rocks, they don't want to bury the bodies because they have to like carry them to further distances um, to, to just kind of get bodies in the ground. And there is a photographer on the south end of the battlefield takes a dead body of a young Confederate soldier, moves him into this kind of crest of a rock wall, takes a nice photo of him there, um, and then like drags the body again to take some photos of it. So Getty, so Devil's Den and the area around it and the Valley of Death, the Slaughter Pen, these kind of awful names suggest mm -hmm. what went on there. Um, and if you look through photos of the Gettysburg dead, a lot of them are taken within a couple hundred yards of Devil's Den. I've seen a lot of photos of 
uh, dead bodies at Gettysburg, casualties of war. Um, and I think one of the reasons that Gettysburg looms so large in the uh, American like perception of the Civil War is because I think that was the first uh, war where photography was able to be used to capture these images of the fallen soldiers. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. There people were able ex- to see it for the first time, even yeah. even if they weren't directly there. And and one of the advantage advantages of Gettysburg mm-hmm. as opposed to other battles in the Civil War is that it's multiple days. So July first, it starts happening. It gives photographers time to gather their things. Gettysburg also has some photographers that live in the town, um, but um, Gettysburg in on a map is the um, kind of the heart of a wheel uh, with all of these spokes coming through it, through it. And so it was easier to get to Gettysburg than many locations where the war was happening. Gotcha. Um, and so that leads to a lot of people coming and the size and scope of it with so many bodies, there's a lot left on the ground for photographers there in the week after. It is wild that they were, like, dragging guys around. That's, like, I don't know. We do <laughs> photography. We're, yeah, Justin but... and I work in photography, and I feel like that would just be the biggest no-no, like, ever, <laughs> ever. There's Like, for crime, you don't want to move that guy. For ethics, you don't want to move that guy. For cleanliness, <laughs> like, you don't want to yeah, move that guy. It's messed up there's, to do. There's, there's, a, there's a book um, by a guy named Bill Frazanita who is, like, the Gettysburg photograph guru. And I've had the chance to, you know, spend some time with Bill. And he has essentially charted, like, how many times certain bodies were moved. Oh, um, my God. That photo where it's like, or let's take different angles, and then it's two very different places. Oh um, and that it's, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of representations, but it's a select number of bodies. Wow. Um, so just because they were consistently manipulating them. Yeah. That is crazy. Side note, is Devil's Den the place where, like, the people would, like, fall into the rocks and then they were just kind of left there? Or was that one of the other locations? Yeah. I believe that's Devil's Den. Okay, yeah. all right. It was, yeah. was kind of hard to... Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, while yeah. you're fighting, yeah. to get them out of the crevices and things yeah. like that, because some of these boulders are, like, 20 feet high. And yeah. I also yeah, wanted to add another side note about the wheat field, that while they were filming... They like even the actors saw like the phantom like bonfires that were out there in the field wow. and the cannons and all that stuff and like I just think it's so credible that like the actors are there like hey hold on wait is that our cannons or is that like right. what 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 was that so I just like I just want to add that little tidbit that's, that's really cool yeah I that's neat while, that while they're filming the movie Gettysburg they're seeing yeah. apparitions and things of the battle yeah that's crazy correct me if I'm wrong but was Devil's Den primarily used for like artillery and sharpshooters just because they can hide yeah, amongst the that rocks. that becomes one of the big things is that it offers a platform um, for our artillery fire. The If it you is. go to Devil's Den now, you get a great view of the, the front face of Little Round Top. Yeah. Um, which was um, then and now uh, devoid of trees. Um, and so it was a place the Confederates could pull their artillery all the way up um, and then harass yeah. Union forces that are putting artillery on the top of the hill at Little Round Top, um, which is where there is a young colonel, Strong Vincent, who is uh, killed, essentially trying to position it. And three more Union high-ranking officers are killed up there, all in the similar space by the efforts of these Confederate sharpshooters. There is, um, so there's Strong Vincent that's killed up there. 
There's a guy named Patrick O'Rourke, who of all of the dark and depressing things that are haunting the battlefield, um, O'Rourke, an Irishman, if you rub the nose on his plaque, it's apparently good luck. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I, I'm not superstitious, but stitious enough to rub the nose whenever I'm up there giving a program or something. So we got to rub the nose on his thing. We all got to touch Mothman's butt. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, both. There you go. <laughs> the return of the Mothman ass. That's going to be the theme throughout this entire season. Because we talked about, um, on one of the episodes, Hannah talked about the Mothman Festival. And there's a statue of the okay. Mothman. And apparently he's got he's got a big shiny ass. Just but anyway. The Caliphagian <laughs> idea. Just keep I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to bring it up in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put it on a shirt? Would yes. that be Yes! Let's do okay. That. Uh, but anyway, back to Devil's Den. Uh, let's get into the haunting tales that happen now at Devil's Den that kind of transcends the boundaries of time drawing in visitors to this ethereal realm of the afterlife. There have been strange encounters with a long-haired apparition. The paranormal definitely echoes through the rocks and crevices where the air itself seems to be absorbed with this residual anguish of the battle. Uh, One young woman was climbing around the boulders with a friend, and all of a sudden she felt a hand reach out and grab her ankle. Uh, And literally, like, reaching up from the darkened fissures below... Uh, was this young man in a Civil War uniform. She screamed uh, for her friend, and but when she looked back down, the man was suddenly gone. So perhaps one of these soldiers that died in the crevices of the rocks just kind of reached up and grabbed her ankle as she was climbing around. I'd shit my pants. Me too. Right? Immediately, yeah. on the spot. Yeah. I'd fall off a boulder. Bring <laughs> me some <laughs> new pants. Now, more than one visitor at Devil's Den have claimed to meet a mysterious figure known to some as the Helpful Hippie. Uh, This started in the early 1970s, probably where he got his name, right? Hippie 70s. Mm -hmm. Um, A woman told a fellow park ranger that she had gotten turned around, and um, during an early morning visit to the rocks, she a man appeared kind of like right behind her out of nowhere. Um, He pointed off to the distance, and he said, what you're looking for is over there. And all of a sudden, uh, he vanished. Hmm. And a month or so later, the same ranger was on duty uh, at the information center and had another visitor come in and ask him the question. The same question was, hey, do you guys, like, is there... Uh, Who's that guy? Is there a long-haired guy out there? Or I think the, the real question was, is Devil's Den haunted? And they, st- they start talking about this long-haired uh, man standing by the boulders. So who is this man? Um... Correct me if I'm wrong, but during the war, many Southerners did not receive packages from home, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the Confederacy had an unreliable mail service. Yeah, oh. so I think most of those packages probably, like, what people needed, clothes, shoes, things like that. And so, because of how dirty this guy looks and the fact that he has no shoes, they think he's a, a Southerner who probably did not receive packages and things like that. Um but there are also reports of a ghostly rider who has been seen uh, alongside the sounds of gunfire and men shouting. Devil's Den to this day uh, remains one of the most active haunted locations on the Gettysburg battlefield. The, the extensive casualties alone may account for the heightened supernatural occurrences, but it could also attribute to the manner in which um, the deceased were handled, uh, callously wedged between rocks, treated as little more than objects rather than human beings. 
I mean, you can imagine men just being shot, dying, falling over, getting wedged to the rocks, other men climbing over, and yeah. just pure chaos and bodies everywhere. Um, just You're, absolutely insane. Yeah, everybody's just kind of like switched into fight or flight yeah. mode. Everybody's yeah. scrambling. It's loud. It's disorienting. Yeah. yeah. Like the smell. I of... heard that the hippie guy, they were talking like on a bunch of um, podcasts I listened to. They said that he could have been like from Texas because they had like frontier living lifestyle. Gotcha. Where like they didn't really like upkeep with how they looked and everything. So when they made the journey, by the time they got where they needed to be, their shoes were like they're all disheveled and. And naturally, (laughs) when you think of a hippie, you think like a flower loving person that's like you know doesn't want to wear shoes. At least in my mind. So that's why they kind of called him like a hippie and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty interesting that they could. At least he's helpful. He's like, hey, you know, go over here. Yeah, because they said in one of the. stories that like a woman got lost and he was like oh you have to go that way and then there, there's another story where this person was there taking pictures and he was like oh you want to take a picture that way and like they have really really cool stories I think he's just a really chill no wonder they called him a hippie like I'm yeah saying, like you yeah. know yeah he's just out there doing his thing yeah. without so he's on. not uh and I've said this before in other podcast episodes you know just because something's a ghost or a spirit doesn't mean they're evil, evil or yeah. bad I would say majority are not evil or bad yeah you know? even like the last two we've spoken about in detail we have jenny wade who's a positive presence yeah we've got the helpful hippie he's a positive like even presence. though he died in a traumatic way he's still helping people out and he's nice but yeah. I think what freaks me out the most about him even though he's like super nice and everything is the fact that people think he's a real person, person. yeah they mm-hmm. really like he's think not he's a real person hazy he's not anything he looks like he's straight up right in front of you that right. i don't know if that's and then all of a sudden disappears the scariest thing <laughs> or what but like if if that happened to me and somebody was like oh yeah that we've seen him before and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I think that would be the part that would creep me out the most. Not the fact that I'm down here chilling with a ghost. It's the fact that he isn't real and the time that I'm talking to this person. Like, you know, like, that whole thought process. The fact that multiple people over a different time have seen the same guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is crazy. crazy. Have you ever heard anything about the helpful hippie? No, but I'm I'm intrigued, right? Like, I think, (laughs) well, one, you said, right, that, that, the suggestion of Texas. It is um, uh, the Texas Brigade of the Confederate Army is what's in that that, that fights at Devil's Den. And I've, oh, see, oh, there cool. we go. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. where they must have put Putting the, the pieces, pieces together. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, is that the, yeah, there's a regiment, an entire regiment, multiple regiments form a brigade. And so it's a, a brigade of Texas soldiers that, that go across that land. Cool, interesting. Crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get into Gettysburg College itself. Um, I guess a little bit specifically Pennsylvania Hall, right, Jordan? Yeah. All right, so Cameron, why don't you tell us a little bit about Gettysburg College, what it was used for, and uh, a little bit more in detail about Pennsylvania Hall, since you actually roamed the halls. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, Yeah. so in some ways, I think the spirit that haunts me there is the early morning class I took there. (laughs) (laughs) And so so Gettysburg College is established, um, it's originally called Pennsylvania College. Um, It's not given it's not it doesn't change its name to gettysburg college until the like the 19 teens uh so pennsylvania college is established in 1832 as a kind of preparatory school for the nearby lutheran theological seminary um and the centerpiece of campus uh then and now is is a building that's called pennsylvania hall now and uh, it's also been referred to as old dorm it is the dormitory, classroom, and recreation space for, for Gettysburg students. Today, it's the home of the administration, marketing, 
and one classroom that is used by students in classes. Um, but at the time of the battle, uh, there are classes going on at Gettysburg on July 1st. Oh my God. There's, a, there's a professor teaching class. And the, the story goes, uh, and this is, this is like a, a true story and not just like a myth or a legend, that um, the students were obviously distracted by the increasingly close gunfire. And the professor dismisses them saying, not like any of you knew anything anyways. Oh, uh, uh, so rude. That, like, they hadn't done their homework, so That's we'll dismiss class. I'd be like, you goddamn um, right we don't buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, like, we shut down for snow. They hadn't shut down for a fucking battle. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> like no, just well, disregard the this gunshots. Is, this different. became, I had a semi-viral tweet about this. <laughs> um, was that, so Gettysburg College has never offered a snow day. Um, to my knowledge, and like the time I was there, no snow days, no matter what happened. So when the college sent us home for the pandemic, um, my tweet was just a reminder, students were on campus during the battle. And oh, no. people were like, that should just give a size, right? Okay, institutional continuity aside, but like, <laughs> this is a place that holds classes hell or high water. Yeah. yeah. Um, but after the battle, or after the battle, right? Um, well, during the battle, the cupola on top of Pennsylvania Hall is used as an observatory and lookout. And when the troops leave, the Pennsylvania Hall becomes a field hospital. Gettysburg College still has in its library collection what are called blood books, wow. which are the books that were used to prop up soldiers, um, their heads or their limbs. That's and so the books that are stained with blood or otherwise books in the library's collection during Ooh. the battle are still all owned by the college wow. and a classmate of mine had put together an exhibition of them and so, so pennsylvania cool. hall still very much has the echoes there are some plaques on it that acknowledge it as, as a field hospital and one of the longer serving ones if i remember correctly in part because it had beds a kitchen and that sort of facility that I I want to go so bad now. Dude, to see I want to touch. I want to touch books. a blood book. I want to touch a blood book. I know that's bad I for the books. Touch a blood book. But I'm, I'm just good. you can't see it. But I'm over here doing grabby hands. <laughs> I'm gonna be on an investigation, like a big one, and it's gonna be like this thing that you can't touch, and he's gonna fucking touch it. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't touch it. Okay. Uh, quick side note: Do you guys want to hear about the time when they almost threw me out of the Met because I touched uh, an artifact at the Met? What did you touch? I, I fuck, man. Okay, so I didn't do it on purpose. I just got overcome. It was like a. A, a block from an Egyptian temple or something. I wouldn't have touched that either. <laughs> Dude, and there was nothing around it, and there was nobody around it, and I just saw it, and I, I just went, uh... And I put my hand on it, and then a fucking one of the security ladies comes over and goes, "You can't touch that." And I immediately realized what I had done because my soul left my body for a second, <laughs> and I was just like, "Egypt, I have to touch." And I like, and I feel really like a dick about it to this fucking day, but yeah, that happened. It. I touched it. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're over here just like cringing as as an academic. Like, you know, fuck this stupid woman. She's getting her finger oils all over the history. No, I, no, listen. I, don't touch the thing. museums are a different kind of breed, and I will very clearly delineate I am not one of the art museums. I love art museums. Absolutely. The people who run them are insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Come in, go in for the throat. Get the fucking Yeah, great. Arms. So when I get canceled, it'll be that clear. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right here with you, man. Like, 
All right, but let's get into um, the paranormal things that happened now at Pennsylvania Hall. I, mean, I can't believe I didn't know any of this about the college, what it was used for in Pennsylvania Hall and the blood books. Like, that stuff is so yeah. incredible. The blood books is so, crazy. Yeah, let's get into some of the paranormal. Okay. So I have that it has been said that students and staff have reported seeing figures of soldiers pacing back and forth um, at that top of the building, like mm -hmm. where they see people. Like they're like, still watching it. Yeah, out. like they're still waiting cool. and seeing if somebody's coming and stuff like that. Like as if they're still on duty. Um, I heard that General Lee has been one of the people that they see up there too, cool. specifically. I don't know how they know that from far away, but that's just what it says that they have seen. Um, one student reported that he and his roommate, who lived in the dorm about 50 yards away from Penn Hall, saw a shadowy figure in the tower over a period of several nights. And on another occasion, a figure was seen gesturing like wildly, like saying like, oh my gosh, come here, whatever. Like as if like, it's free to go, like come <laughs> here. Um, they apparently went to see if somebody was like trapped up there just because of how they were like waving. And when they went up there, nobody was there. No, was there. And like the security went, and the whole building was empty at the time, which I would be shitting my pants because yeah. I'd be like, I just saw somebody up there. That definitely happened. The realization must have been like fun. Yeah, you know? like, it's, it's just like, like, dude, we just saw a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it's believed that terrible conditions of the field hospital has left the strongest impression on the building, especially in the basement. According to records of the time, blood sprayed the walls and the floors of the rooms mm. as doctors operated without anesthetic. Oh, Dealing with bullet wounds um, by the preferred treatment of the time was amputation, probably because they had to work so fast. Like, yeah. You don't have time to dig around and look for all the shattered pieces of a bullet. You gotta just yeah. hack it off onto the next. Yeah, yeah, outside of the operating rooms was an area where those who could not be saved were just left there Jesus. to die. That's terrible. Um, yeah, it's no wonder that you can hear disembodied wails, groans, and cries that echo in the halls and in that <sighs> area. Um, one big story that I read about probably on every site of the internet <laughs> said that two college administrators um, who were working on the fourth floor were leaving since it was late, they stepped into the elevator, punched the button to the first floor to go home, but instead they were taking a different route to the destination all the way down to the basement. What? Yeah, the elevator doors opened to apparently this terrifying scene, um, which the basement is supposed to be a storage room, but that all vanished and in place was blood spattered operating room of basically the time. So they took wow. like an elevator to the past. Yes, basically. So apparently wounded men were laying on the floor since no beds were even available and the doctors were trying to save all of them with their helpers in bloody clothing. Yeah. And one thing that they specified in on each site was that um, you couldn't hear anything. Even oh. though it looked like it was mass chaos and things it was just looked completely slow silent. motion. Yeah, so they huh. could just see everything. Um, stunned and horrified, apparently the administrators rushed and were like, pounding this button like get me the fuck out of here which makes perfect sense yeah trying to close the doors and escape from the scene just before the doors closed though apparently one of the like doctors turned and looked at them as if they thought that they were there to help oh. or like sending some oh, sympathy sad. or something yeah so after this incident this was really funny um whenever these people started to work late at night they always took the stairs never, they never, never took the, the elevator, elevator again, again. <laughs> which makes sense you know but um, that's a bunch of the things that I got from Penn Hall. That's really cool. I yeah. love it. Wow. That's an incredibly creepy story. I've never heard that. 
like well not in the podcast yet of like an elevator taking someone to like an in the past destination yeah that's crazy yeah it's like, like they literally went back in time and just got to absorb a piece of traumatic history yeah. of the and battle. what do you, th- do you think it's more creepy or less creepy that it was silent in a horror i think scene? it's more creepy yeah. I, I think that would I think so too. Worse. A little, little hear... bit more ominous for some reason. Because yeah. you're expecting cries and groans, and but you hear nothing. That's just, uh, yeah. it's pretty crazy. I wonder if you get, like, smells from that. Probably. You know? Probably. It's like, gotta be intense, yeah. Yeah, like sawdust and blood and gunpowder and rot. <laughs> <laughs> they specify rot a lot in what I was reading about certain places, um, like the smell of like blood, like that coppery smell. Mm-hmm. They specified that, and like type uh, pipe tobacco, yeah. and like cigar smells mm-hmm. too. On a side note, when I was in Savannah, Georgia, um, we're doing a ghost uh, private ghost tour, and um, so I wanted to hear about some of the history and some of the macabre that uh, that happened back then. The macabre that word now, I was this... just telling you in the car. <laughs> macabre. I now I word. always hate ghost tours where they try to like. Well, I hate the paranormal investigative tours where they mm. try to do an investigation with twenty people, and that's not yeah, what that's about. It's just but, a bunch of people. By all means, do a ghost tour and learn about the you know the the haunted and creepy stuff. But uh, this was a semi-private one, and uh, they talked about this place that is now a hotel, but apparently it was used as a. Uh, hospital back in the day because when they were renovating this building um the basement for some reason was like had a really low ceiling like what's going on like the floor that oh, didn't match up this. so they started digging up the floor and they found thousands and thousands of body parts and just uh, just limbs yeah. not full bodies limbs because apparently that's what was used at the hospital they would hack off an arm or a leg toss it aside throw salt or sawdust whatever gone the next hack it off toss it aside so literally layers of body parts where were we that where they also did that was that at the Perry Mansion? It's funny where they yes. had like the shoot for the yes. limbs. The Perry Mansion they... <laughs> as well, yeah, because oh that was used as a uh, makeshift uh, hospital as well. I have that written for like I have a little side note location just to add because of the field hospital thing. But they literally, I have it in my <clears> notes that they were they were working so fast that like they just had to lop off limbs and like chuck them out the window, yeah. like literally chuck them out the front door and the windows yeah. because oh, they I just can. had no place to put all of the limbs. Well, let's get into That's... it. What place is that? Um, so that's Homestead Orphanage. I know it's called like Gettysburg Orphanage. It has like a bunch of different names. Um, like I said, it was used as a field hospital. 75% of surgeries during the Civil War were amputations. Um, medical advancements at the time were hardly used, such right. as chloroform. I know that that was like a big one. And they to had some other. Out. Yeah, but they, they had access to the chloroform, apparently. I don't know if this is 100% true from what I gathered. They had access on the front lines of chloroform, but they weren't using it because of how fast and how much they needed to work. Yeah. So obviously it makes sense that they're just like, hold on, bite this and chop, (laughs) you know. Most amputations took place in the field hospitals, such as Homestead Orphanage. Before the battle, the building was a private residence, which I thought was, you know, kind of like a no-brainer that, you know, I feel like everywhere people were probably fleeing once they found out that the battle was going to come. But I mean, I don't know, whatever. The war made these people flee, like I just said, using um, this site as an operating room. Doctors worked worked relentlessly to try to save the soldiers quickly. Stories say that they would cut arms off, like I said. Um, After the war, um, thousands of children had nowhere else to go, so it became an orphanage, which I thought was really sad. Must be a big place. Yeah. Um, Specifically, I just don't like her name right now. Rosa Carmichael took over. She wasn't the first person that was like in charge there. She was the second person. 
and she took over and she was known to be a fucking terrible person literally Jesus. just a horrible wow. woman somebody that hates kids shouldn't work in an orphanage right let's just say that right off the bat yeah apparently no. she starved and beat the children in her care her assistant was called stick boy because <laughs> he carried a long stick that was used to poke and beat the kids jesus yeah Christ. they both worked together to chain the children to the walls for days and um they had like a special little place in the basement called the pit that they would put kids to so like imagine you're you're there for days on end no water no food and you're six years old eight years old just chilling down there in the dark like oh. i would go bad shit you know that's, that's just terrible. traumatizing enough not yeah. let alone the torture that they already don't have through. parents no you're fucking beaten so kids. yeah okay so this is this is okay so i love the so it's the national soldiers homestead orphanage in gettysburg this one that we're talking about um there is a collection of letters about the orphanage that's online if readers are interested in them um they're called the ada jane london letters oh interesting. london spelled l-u-n-d-e-n mm. um and so these children are considered orphans only because their father has died during the civil war uh, or, your mother wow. could have still been alive um and the genesis of this orphanage is in part there is a soldier um, in Gettysburg who is killed, um, or as he's he's laying dying, and he pulls out a photo of his pocket of three children, um, and he's found dead with this photo on his breast. Oh. And in the newspaper technology at the time, they couldn't reproduce the photograph to say like, "Hey, whose kids are these?" Like right. the husband, the father, he's dead. And so they circulated a description of this photograph of these children around newspapers until it's recognized um, to, to be Amos Humiston. He is from Maine and his wife eventually recognizes the, the, the description of the photograph and realizes that her, her husband has been killed. There's an incredible book that I'll, I'm going to plug here. I actually have a couple of books I'm going to plug at this moment written <laughs> by friends. Um, my friend Mark Dunkelman wrote the story of Amos Humiston's life and the struggle to recapture his um, his memory. The, the, these three children were housed briefly at Soldiers um, Homestead Orphanage, which is adjacent to the Gettysburg Cemetery. Um, so he wrote a great book called Gettysburg's Unknown Soldier. And if anyone is interested in descriptions of Gettysburg's medical care, um, in the last few years, a, a, a historian named Robert Hicks who worked at the Mutter Museum hey. in Philadelphia, edited um, a diary of a, soul, of a surgeon there. I think it's just called uh, Civil War Surgeon's Diary. It's from the University of Indiana Press, but it's, um, I think he, the surgeon was mostly at the Catholic Church in Gettysburg, um, but a great example and description of what surgeons and medical care looked like in Gettysburg. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. We could put that in our show notes. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Could you send it. us the mm -hmm. link for that? Yeah, I, I I don't know if like you do it, but I could put up like some interesting Gettysburg relevant like human interest storybooks. Yeah, that'd yeah, be man, great. Go for it. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. awesome. I'm into it. So these kids were literally tortured. Yeah. At this orphanage. Yeah, and they like like Cameron said before we started, they beat the shit out of these kids. Literally, like they were just torturing them, and I, I don't understand. Like I said, I don't understand why you would 
want to work for an orphanage if you don't want to be around kids. Someone like, sadistic. It's just, yeah, it's just, you know? what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. There is a report that at least one child died at the orphanage, too. Yeah, I have, I have, in my, I have in my notes that um, people, like, when it shut down and everything like that, they there was, like, a handful of kids that they couldn't even find. They don't even know, like, where they went died whatever they had no idea and wow. obviously she wasn't gonna fucking say anything yeah, yeah. they so, probably just like she probably killed him and yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah exactly years after the abuse and torture rosa was arrested and found guilty now the sites varied between this i'll just say both apparently she was fined only twenty dollars and or she went missing and nothing ever happened uh, do you know cameron um i don't know anything about rosa carmichael except um, she was a bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's yeah. crazy. But either way, she like pretty much gets off easy because either she yeah. gets away or she was fined $20. Yeah. Which I know is a little bit yeah. more, obviously more expensive back then, but still it's $20 back then is like what? hundred bucks today? Probably, Maybe. Probably. I, I have no idea actually with, <laughs> but yeah, like inflation is completely But compared killed. to what she did, she got off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless there was some frontier justice involved. I like to think that maybe there was some Maybe somebody justice. ganked her. And yeah, so just for, like... Bye. For comparison, and... the, um, like the Civil War soldier, like a low-level private in the army, was making $13 a month during the Civil War. Jeez. So like... Okay, so it was like a month's salary. Yeah, it's like two months of being a Civil War soldier. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's still so. a Obviously, bummer. they closed still this orphanage right yeah. after she yeah. was arrested, so that was good. Um, but now, to this day, the spirit of Rosa and the children are still seen in the building. People report being poked or pinched. Like, there was somebody that said that they felt arms go around their neck. Oh, my God. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's the feeling of being watched in the basement and um, children crying and chains moving. That would be creepy. Not, like, obviously, just kids crying is creepy. Like your chains moving with yeah, it. Yeah, like crazy. as if they're stuck. Yeah, but they leave toys out. Like and people that visit, I guess, like put toys down there. And when the people that you know, because there's a, I think I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a museum up there that they like attached to the building. Yes. Yeah, and those people that work there go down and they see that the toys are moved. That's crazy. That's really and cool. Adjacent to the museum is the other great museum that Gettysburg has to offer, called Civil War Tales. Mm. which recreates dioramas of the Civil War with cat action figures. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I'm, I am here for that. I am here for that, too. Gotta see that. Is is it adorable or is it ghoulish? I, got, I gotta know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Yes. Even better. I remember, I, I remember the first time I went, I wish I had, like, their t-shirts are incredible, if nothing else, but... As a historian, the dioramas are actually incredibly accurate, which makes it all the more better. It's just instead of people, it's cats. Um, <laughs> so I don't know whose funny. idea that was, but that's, that's everybody loves crazy. cats, okay? They yeah. like I feel why, like why why was this choice made? Does anybody know? Okay. Um I was on a podcast. I was one of two guests on a podcast years ago. Hey. And so they interviewed me first and I left, and then the people who run the museum went second, and I never listened to the podcast. Uh. I'm sure they've explained it somewhere. Okay, I'll uh, Google it. I'll Google that one too. That's pretty cool. That's, that's cool. all that I have as a side note for the orphanage, by the way. Well, I that is. To, I wanted to add the ticket just because it was used as a field hospital, which was the same as pretty much every yeah. 
location. Yeah. 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 Like but that was also used for sadistic like child torture. Yeah, it's and crazy. It's, it's sad because that was after. So yeah. it's not only just the ghosts of these field hospitals. You also have some traumatic shit that still happened afterwards, yeah. which is even sadder. But well, on that note, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by The Colony Meadery. If you haven't tried meat yet, it's alcohol made for money, it's all natural, totally gluten-free, and delicious. Colony Meadery is one of the best meaderies in the world, and it's located in Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley. Stop in and try a flight of meads, grab some bottles or cans to go, and experience some of the best booze in the world. They have flavors ranging from tart and quaffable lemon laws and Wu-Tang Cran, to sweet cinnamon and vanilla series of tubes, and even sweet heat with their mango habanero. Learn more at ColonyMeadery.com. Speaking of mead, Ghost Encounters and Colony Meadery did a collab, and we came out with a caramel apple mead called Spooky to the Core. It's scary how delicious this mead is. Grab some today and haunt your taste buds. Ghost Encounters is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Elevate your business with their digital marketing strategies, including their multi-award winning social media marketing, photography, and video production. Phoenix Fire Media, igniting success through creative excellence. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If you're enjoying the Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe and give us five stars. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. And don't forget, when you're on our website, click on The Spooky Shop for all your Ghost Encounters spooky swag. To stay up to date with Ghost Encounters, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Ghost Encounters PA. To send spooky fan stories, email ghostencounterstories at gmail.com or message us on social. Do you want ad-free episodes of Ghost Encounters Podcast, plus bonus episodes, extra content, and much more? Then you should head to Patreon and be a spooky VIP. Go to patreon.com forward slash Podcast and be haunted from all the benefits with the spooky VIP membership. And we are back with more bloody and ghostly tales of Gettysburg. Uh, let's go over to Gettysburg Hotel. Um, obviously, it's now a hotel. Was it always a hotel? Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, so Gettysburg has always been, or to this point in the 19th century when Gettysburg becomes the Gettysburg of the battle, um, is at the intersection of a lot of crossroads for, for people traveling. And so Gettysburg had a number of saloons and taverns. The draw of 
what's um, now called the historic Gettysburg Hotel, which is owned and operated uh, by Gettysburg College to some extent. The rug, when you first walk into the hotel, is the Gettysburg College logo. And when we were trying to spread out students during COVID, the Gettysburg Hotel became a dormitory. Oh, wow. And I had friends who I was very envious of who went from their dorm beds to a hotel bed. (laughs) Um, But that aside, um, the hotel structure has changed over the years. There was a saloon and tavern there during the war. Um, And its position was prominent in terms of the layout of the town of Gettysburg itself. It sits at the square at the heart of town, which today is a roundabout. Um, but it's still known affectionately as the square. Um, Across from the historic Gettysburg Hotel is the David Wills house. David Wills is the guy that invites Lincoln to come to Gettysburg. So that should give an indication of this was one of the more prominent and reputable establishments. Um, But it falls into kind of disrepair later in the 19th century. It's abandoned at some point in the 20th century and then has a fire that happens in the 60s. Wow. Um, Not before, um, when this is just a not Civil War fun fact, US President Dwight D. Eisenhower stayed there when recovering from a heart attack. Oh, Because Eisenhower maintained a residence in Gettysburg during his presidency. Wow. Um, But it burns down and now is the premier hotel in Gettysburg for tourists and folks coming in for events. All right. Cool. That's pretty cool. But it was used as a makeshift hospital. Yeah. Um, during I mean, the battle, it, right? Yeah. Like like many places in Gettysburg. Right. I feel like almost all the buildings were some yeah. way used as a makeshift hospital. Yeah. And particularly its its location then um, relatively close to fighting on the north side of town um, would have been an immediate source of, of refuge. Yeah. So the hotel has some uh, lifetime ghostly residents here. Uh, guests often recount sightings of a slender woman wandering through the hotel's corridors as if in search of someone. Uh, her spectral presence extends beyond the confines of the hotel, with reports of her walking the streets of Gettysburg on a quest to tend to those uh, in need. So she um, apparently was either a nurse or um, was helping out, so she's literally wandering around looking for anyone who needs help. Aw, that's yeah. kind of sad, though, in an aspect that she still feels like she has to worry about yeah. things that are going on. Yeah. Um, but this uh, mysterious figure doesn't limit her activities to mere observation and looking for someone. She's actually known to reach into dresser drawers and luggage, uh, leaving behind a trail of rummage belongings. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, her name is Rachel. And uh, Rachel's ethereal pursuits transform the hotel into a realm where the line between the living and the spectral blurs. Is she the one that tries on clothing, too, and runs away, and the clothing falls to the floor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So she uh, is a nice ghost. Uh, she is literally looking for people to tend to, but if you're staying there, well, might go through your shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like, it's funny with that story, at least, it's not, like, a this ghostly, like, person isn't doesn't seem all that residual like other places, like this kind of so right. it's like she's like stuck and she's like i want to be stuck i you know i'm gonna have fun while i'm stuck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much um but the haunting tales of gettysburg hotel don't end with rachel two other apparitions a woman and a soldier manifest their presence in the hotel's ballroom witnesses describe a mesmerizing scene of these ghostly figures dancing hand in hand Aww. 
their identities uh, veiled in mystery. The romantic allure of this spectral waltz raises questions about the untold stories behind these ethereal lovebirds. A stay at Gettysburg Hotel might provide clues to their identities, but be prepared for the possibility of your room um, being uh, rummaged about by Rachel, and hmm. <laughs> your stuff might be thrown all over the place. That's so funny. And that's, yeah. the, that's the second, like, ghostly lovers yeah. Gettysburg story. It's yeah, so, so apparently, dramatic. Yeah, yeah, people see these two people dancing in the ballroom all the time, just yeah. hand-to-hand, just kind of dancing uh, in love with each other. Well, I'm glad that they found each other in death. Because yeah. there's other stories where people haven't. So, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. But again, like, this battle is so tragic. I mean, yeah, like, on the battlefields and things, like, you'll hear, like, the cries and shouts and gunfire. But I feel like the apparitions that we, that people see are actually kind of nice and have some kind of nice yeah. connection to it. You yeah. know? Because I guess, I guess at the, at the end of it, they're just the souls of people. Yeah, you know, like I've always said, just because yeah. something's a ghost doesn't mean they're mean or nasty. Yeah, you know, just just a guy. Yeah, you know. unless we see uh, the chick from the orphanage, then she's probably nasty. Oh yeah, yeah fuck that bitch. I like, yeah. like I said before, <laughs> she. Fighting. If I see her, like how some of these people see beings, and I notice that it looks like she's working at that orphanage, I'm just straight up full fucking ghost. Throw hands. <laughs> well, uh, let's go to another spot. In Gettysburg, let's go to Sax Covered Bridge. Yeah, so the Sax Covered Bridge, right, is not a building uh, as opposed to it, but uh, people know that Pennsylvania's affinity for covered bridges, yep. and you know the very nice driving tour that you can do of them. Um, Sax Bridge is actually really not all that far from some of the places we've talked about, um, like the Little Round Top Devil's Den area. Uh, Sachs Covered Bridge is on the, the southwestern part of the Gettysburg Battlefield area. It spans over a creek called um, Marsh Creek. And the the armies used this bridge, um, both of them used it in the way to and from Gettysburg. On the way to the battle, Union armies used it, um, but I think it's most famous for on July 4th as the Confederate forces skedaddle out of Gettysburg um, a significant number of Confederate forces leaving um, have to take Zach's covered bridge out of Gettysburg in part because it was raining on July 4th and so the creek's level had rot risen and was not as safe to wade across. Um, and the bridge um, is, you know, is incredibly historically significant right for that part um, and a great place to be. And one of the few places um, that you can visit on the battlefield area where there are not cars allowed. You cannot drive across mm. sex covered bridge, oh, which wow. is a, okay. a nice touch. So um, not disturbed as much by, um, you know, people coming through. So is it like a national, like kind of monument now? Like it's protected? protected. Uh, no, I think it was just a, a kind of borough or county decision oh, okay. to, to close it. Um, in part because uh, people can't drive as well as they think they can. Um, that's, particularly that's in the battlefield area where they're distracted. As yeah. someone who spent lots of time running around the battlefield, like it's always a little scary. Um, and also probably don't want to risk like when one of these geniuses crashes their car, that's a, the creek is a big water supply for the oh. town of Gettysburg. Oh, oh yeah, I don't want to yeah, crash in um, there. I, so, I yeah, have that it's, it's a, Pennsylvania's most historic covered bridge. They labeled that in 1938. And then I have that um, it was closed to vehicles in 68 and it was placed on a national register of historic places in the 80s. Yeah, cool. Wow. Very cool. That's pretty interesting. 
So uh, what kind of stuff happens there, Jordan? So they use this bridge, basically, the Confederate soldiers use this bridge to travel and meet like a wagon train retreating from Gettysburg, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, those who could not be moved were left behind to be captured by the Union Army, which is kind of shitty, but I mean, you can't take everybody if they're wounded. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Lasso them up and drag them? Yeah, you just do your best. Yeah, you just got to get out of there. Um, the most popular legend that I found while doing research was um, that three Confederate soldiers were hung by the support beams of the structure. There are two theories that I found as to why the soldiers were actually hung. First being that the Confederate soldiers were deserting their unit and then they got caught deserting. The other theory suggests that the three soldiers were actually spies. And I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they were hung by the bridge because they were found out that they were spies. So I I guess, I don't know how they came up with it. That's just what two different sites said. Yeah. Um, no one knows really. There's no historical accounts, I should say, as to this occurrence. Have you ever heard anyone being hung from the bridge? No, but I'm very curious. Um, if looking into Confederate military, well, one thing that the challenge is a lot of Confederate records are destroyed in Richmond's fire in 1865. Gotcha. Um, but I'd be very curious to look into desert. Gettysburg does have a significant place as a, as a site for desertion, right? Or any battle during the civil war was a great moment for desertion. Yeah. And so I would not, I would say, I would not be surprised if men were caught deserting. I am surprised that they were hung so quick that they would be hung, but um, the Civil War continually surprised me, surprises me, so I will never say never when it comes to a story like that. That's crazy. Yeah, there's um, a story that I was reading, it actually gave me the chills, that these people went onto the bridge and um, while they were crossing, apparently a really frequent occurrence is that there's like this mist and this like fog that rolls in there, probably huh. because of the water, whatever, but the girl that was with her boyfriend, um, she actually almost ran into boots oh. because, like, but you know, hanging yeah, cause, cause they, they were hanging, hanging from, from the that's support crazy. beam and apparently like she lost her shit and her boyfriend had to go find her in the fog because she like saw somebody Freaked hanging wow. basically. Yeah. I thought that that was pretty freaking crazy. I got that reminds goosebumps. me of, that reminds me, Hannah, when we were doing the episode on like tragic, like love and death, um, yeah. the woman that hung herself in the covered bridge. And yeah. if you drive past, if you drive on the covered bridge and you stop, you can hear her feet like hit the roof of your car. Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. Little, that, that's like one of those kind of. That is very traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those like archetypal kind of person hanging on a on a covered bridge story, though. Yeah. So anytime I hear a, like a covered bridge ghost story, I kind of expect there to be like, Some and then of... they were hanging and they saw the boobs. Yeah, right? you know? <laughs> well, they apparently, I saw that they they hung these people to show like, this is what happens if you desert. Like, right. Like, Pirates, don't born, you know. Your right. But like, I mean, if imagine if you're 15, 16, like I read up on and and you're being told that you got to go into the, like the bloodiest battle, what will be yeah. the bloodiest battle, would you want to stick around? Like, would no. you be like, Absolutely I'm going to try to skedaddle? Yeah. No cell phones are going to catch me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know. That... But I mean, it would make sense for them to want to show like this is I'd what be happens terrified. because like Gettysburg was like the pivoting point of the war, was it not? Um... Historians, this is one of our great debates. Oh, okay. I'd like, like to be unlocked. <laughs> that, like, retroactively, 
we look at it as yes, but um, I'm going to stake my claim here that the, the, mo the more important event is actually happening in Mississippi at that moment when Ulysses S. Grant captures Vicksburg, Mississippi at the same moment. Oh. Um, Gettysburg Address goes a long way in shaping our importance of Gettysburg. Right. Uh, it's definitely an important battle, but um, I am not one of the people that buys into that that was the closest the Confederate Army ever came to winning. Okay. Um, I think I think that's incredibly hard of like, if the Confederates had won at Gettysburg, what would have happened? Um, there's a lot more Union troops in the area that were going to arrive. Oh, interesting. Um, and so, so probably inevitably, inevitably, they probably would have lost at some point in this yeah, area. Yeah, that this that Gettysburg would not have been the final battle. Yeah, um, there would have been another another fight um, because Gettysburg as a town had no actual importance. To um, it was just kind of the place where they met. It wasn't a strategic goal. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so it's got that moment, right? I think more important maybe is the town of Carlisle nearby or any of the agricultural products that were there. But Gettysburg was not like a Baltimore or even a Harrisburg that's nearby. I think gotcha. you get the Confederate Army if it marches on Harrisburg after Gettysburg, maybe, but um, they had never been there in force. Interesting. Gotcha. Well, what else happens at this covered bridge? Many visitors have claimed to see full-bodied apparitions of soldiers, which they think possibly could be them pacing as if they're still on duty and trying to keep people off the bridge, to see them, whatever. Experienced um, strange touching and hair pulling. Ooh. Hear eerie voices, um, disembodied voices, gunshots and cannon fire, and also hearing the sound of horses' hooves um, crossing the bridge. That's pretty cool. Ooh, yeah. Imagine that, hearing that. That would freak me the fuck out. Yeah, that'd straight. be pretty cool. And that's like some of the stuff we got in Elmira. Yeah. Just because I feel like the dynamic of the bridge changes from like light and day. Like, yeah. you know, like you're like out in the, you're out in the day, there's light, you feel comfortable, it's a cute bridge, like I said, and then at night, it's misty. It's eerie. It's mm -hmm. creepy. Naturally, you're going to be like, oh, weird shit could happen here. And then, you know, you hear freaking horses, like horse walking right past you. I would <laughs> shit my pants. Yeah, I'd be right? like, what the fuck? <laughs> Another strange phenomenon is um, the smoking ghost. I Ooh. thought that was pretty cool. You can actually look up on YouTube. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. When visitors place a cigarette on a metal railing outside of the bridge, it spins and appears that somebody is taking a puff. <laughs> There's literally a video of this. But as we know, like cigarettes burn on their own. They have like paper that's meant to go out. Like it's to prevent fires. Yeah, but I mean, that's pretty cool. Like the cigarette spins <laughs> around on its like own it's puffing, and yeah. it looks like mm. someone's taking it a puff. It literally, like... but in the video, it's actually eerie because you can see like the, you can actually see the cherry of the cigarette like light up. Like like somebody is. Is taking yeah, from so it actually like some of the videos are actually really creepy. That's crazy. Because they're they're also not exactly the best like videography done. So no. like you could tell that it's not like edited, which is even creepier. Some claim that this smoking ghost even has a name, Tennessee. I don't know where they came up yeah. with that, but I thought that that was a little cute, cute okay. tidbit that they named the His name's ghost. Tennessee. Um, others have reported that there's a strong smell of pipe tobacco, which we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. as if the soldier is still walking on patrol taking the ease off with the smoke. Right. So you can like help him out and give him a little smoke break if you want to. Yeah. Leave your cigarette there. But um, <laughs> make sure make sure you don't actually leave it. Pick that shit up. Nobody yeah. wants to pick up your shit. This is a you... historical ass town. We don't want your fucking cigarettes out there. 
Well, it's not going to give him cancer if he's already dead. That's right. Um, well, speaking of dead, um, let's move past the battle and uh, let's go to, over to uh, the cemetery. Okay. So I, just before we get into this, like, I did a little bit of Googling for the Gettysburg National Cemetery, um, and I was kind of stoked to do it because I love historic cemeteries. Uh, you actually but, just posted on, I think, Instagram or something, a picture of a grave. Yeah, I did! Because I, I was out on, I was really say, pretty. it was like 4th Street over in Southside Bethlehem, and I was driving past on my way to a photo shoot, and it, there was a very... Like, next to this, like, it's now apartments. Like, uh, it was a Hungarian church, and now it's apartments. Uh, but it's right next door to this really beautiful old cemetery. And at the very corner of it is, uh, like, a really, really artistically striking grave, which has, uh, like, carved uh, portraits in, I guess, uh, granite or cement or whatever it's made out of. Yeah. Uh, that look like the people that have died yeah. that are in the ground. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it That's was really super cool. interesting. I had to stop and I had to take a pic because I'm I'm yeah. a ghoul like that. She, she um, does love cemeteries. I, I do. I love a cemetery. Um, but I I did a little bit of reading up on the Gettysburg National Cemetery, and most of the stuff that I found was architectural. It was like, oh, these buildings, uh, the mausoleums, the graves, the tombs. It's all very striking both in, uh, you know, the sheer quantity of, of memorials that are out there and uh, for the... It, it makes people feel some type of way yeah. uh, because, you know, you get to see the sheer magnitude of all the people who died. Um, but I, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff for paranormal activity out there other than general, like, oh, this is where, you know, some of the battle took place. Gotcha. So, okay. it, like, people hear sounds, people hear musket fire, people hear shouting. But, th like, there was really nothing specific. Not a specific paranormal story attached yeah, to the cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I don't know. Cameron, do you have anything to add about it? Like, Well, could you, could you tell us, I didn't mean to interrupt, but could you tell yeah. us, like, what is the number of men that died during the battle? Um, and... Um, how about a little bit about the area where the cemetery is now? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up my Gettysburg casualty statistics because because if I'm wrong, I'll be embarrassed. <laughs> I should know, but it's it has been so long since I since I've needed to know this. Um. So so Cemetery Hill, as it's called, is is a figure on the Gettysburg battlefield, not far from our orphans' homestead. In fact, most people when they go to Cemetery Hill are gonna park on the street parking at the orphanage there. I planned their trip for you. Um, <laughs> it's also where they recently rebuilt the, the Gettysburg bus tour center. So great. And so the cemetery hill as a prominent raised geographic feature, it becomes important for the Union Army um, to hold that. In, in Civil War combat, the high ground is really important because you're gonna have to run up that ground. And so there's artillery and a lot of soldiers there, and it becomes a big site of, of fighting, um, including Evergreen Cemetery, as it's uh, known, uh, where Jenny Wade is now buried. Yeah, uh, there are some stories of gravestones, right, chipped by, by bullets and debris that flies during the battle. Um, but one of the hard things for people to, to look at when visiting the battlefield is that this large plot of land full of tombstones and monuments 
was not there during the battle. That was wide open ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so at Gettysburg, there are 23,000 Union casualties, 28,000 Confederate casualties, but that includes killed, wounded, um, missing, um, and prisoners of war that were taken. Mm. All total killed, um, there's about 3,000 Union soldiers killed at Gettysburg. And for the purpose of the cemetery, those are the only ones worth knowing about because Confederate soldiers are not buried in the cemetery. Mm. Um, it was a policy. Um, the origins of the cemetery after the battle, it was first, let's get everybody in the ground. Then um, a local prominent guy named David McConaughey uh, starts to petition the governor of Pennsylvania, a man named Andrew Curtin, for this is a large battle fought on our state's land. The state should buy a plot of land and use it as a cemetery. And through the advocacy of people living in Gettysburg, it turns into a cemetery for all of the Union dead at Gettysburg. Um, so not every dead Union soldier from Gettysburg is buried there. Some were sent back to their communities, mm -hmm. but there's a significant number of dead buried in there. Eventually, there's like a lot of politics and bureaucracy of um, maintaining the cemetery. It's dedicated in November of 1863. Abraham Lincoln delivers the consecration in his Gettysburg Address, which is mm. perhaps the most famous speech in American history. Uh, the cemetery remains active, I think, um, or relatively recent. Um, it's uh, a part of the federal cemetery uh, system. So there are dead from other wars now buried in Gettysburg, including wow. the Spanish-American War, the First World War, and a significant number of Second World War dead um, are buried in the cemetery, um, including some Gettysburg College students who are killed during the war are buried in the cemetery there. Um, and in part, I'll suggest that the lack of hauntings or paranormal stories that come out of that um, is that it's managed by the government, and so it's closed at sunset. Oh, oh wow. And, and so the the part the, the the gates quite literally close, and so um, access to it is is, is difficult. That's Bummer. Crazy. So all four of us actually have a weird connection to not just the Civil War, but also to each other. Uh, so me, Jordan, and Hannah went to ESU. Yes, Jordan, you were only there for what two years? No, I was probably there for a year. Yeah, that was. Well, maybe it was about two. It was two, right? I yeah, because you stayed in the dorms the, and then you uh, commuted with I me. I think I year. went into the second year, but then I left halfway through and then yeah. started at Clifton. But mm -hmm. at ESU, uh, there's a professor, Dr. Gray, and he teaches a uh, history class specifically on Civil War. And he literally wrote books on Civil War prisons. And uh, when I was taking this class, I had the wonderful opportunity to read his book instead of the book that was scheduled for the class on uh, Elmira, New York's uh, Civil War prison. Mm -hmm. And I decided to do one of my old Ghost Encounters episodes. <laughs> Helmira. <laughs> Helmira. Well, that's, which that's, I'm, I'm taking the piss a little bit, but like, that's actually what they called it because conditions were so terrible. Yes, that's actually a quote from the book. They called it Helmira because conditions were so bad. And on that episode was with me, Hannah. It was me. <laughs> uh, Jordan also took the class after I took the class, so she had the class with Dr. Gray. Probably the only person that could get me to learn any sort of history. But he was a great professor. Um, so yeah, we 
Hannah and I did an episode, an early, a very early episode of so Ghost early. Encounters up there, and uh, we got some pretty cool stuff. We had the horse hooves, like, yeah. stomping on the ground, and the most interesting part I wanted to point out about that is that the EVPs that we got all had southern accents because the prisoners in that uh, prison were... They were Confederate, Confederate soldiers. Yeah, were Confederate, Confederate Southern soldiers. Yeah, um, and like that had never really occurred to me as something that would be, you know, in an EVP. Yeah, it, it was, but it was crazy that we actually heard that, and they called us a yank. Remember that one yeah, said, "Hey, yank." Yeah, yank. Um, Welcome back, ghost. <laughs> Sorry, I was on a ghost tour down in Charleston, and I was miserable oh. because I guess they think the war is still going on. They kept saying, "All oh, Pennsylvania, all oh, Pennsylvania." I'm like, I should have never fucking told you where I was. Going. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you because now it's like, oh, this is gonna be a little shell shocking for you. I was like, well, then Taylor was fucking pissed off too because she's the historic one, and she was like, "Well, y'all lost the war," so yeah, and she was so yeah, annoyed with fuck them. Up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, pretty interesting to capture EVPs with like southern accents and stuff, and uh, yeah. it was pretty eerie to be out there mm-hmm. late at night, very late at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Very uh, quiet out there. Yeah, very you quiet. Because there isn't there isn't a whole lot out there. It's basically just like a field, a retention pond. Yeah. And, like, a but what's crazy is that that retention pond, which is so small, is where thousands of prisoners bathed in, pissed in, and got their drinking water. Like. It's disgusting. So disease and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Terrible. Everybody died but, of dysentery. Dysentery. I was just going <laughs> to lots, lots of dysentery. Well, because like in, um, when like... I did Alexandra or Alexandra, whatever the frick it was called, they, um, they talked about how they're like the food that they offered them had like maggots and shit in it. No. So like they're eating all of that stuff. Like those things will fucking eat you from the inside out. Yeah. So like, it's just the conditions of those like prison work camps were probably yeah, fucking before the yeah. like i guess the geneva convention right yeah, where like, they say yeah. this is a war crime and can't, you can't do this yeah, <laughs> can't even imagine what those people went through well i mean we can talk for hours about this so i think maybe we need either a specific civil war prison episode or perhaps even a gettysburg 2 episode yeah, because there are yeah. even more places on um these lists that are haunted in Gettysburg that we haven't even touched yet. This was haunted just, shit yeah, this was just part of it. So, Cameron, would you be willing to come back on the podcast again? Absolutely. You are our guy. You're our, yeah. you are a historian. All right. You're the civil all right. War guy. I'll take it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but before we leave, uh, I usually ask guests, you know, what was your first ever ghost encounter? But you've never had one. So, yeah. Hannah's idea was to put you in the hot seat. <laughs> And ask, <laughs> Sorry, man. And ask you why you don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, I just, like, I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. I, I, You're no, not going to offend anyone. Yeah, most like, no will, that, will. No most people will, that don't I believe promise. just never had an encounter of their own. But uh, if you have anything specific you want to share, go for it. Yeah, so I have I have lived in haunted, haunted, I'm using, <laughs> right? The, the, the kind of the term that people would look at. Um, right. Gettysburg College has its own ghost story on campus about uh, the blue boy, um, which is another story for another day. Um, but I so I've lived in haunted places for for four years I, or three years. I lived in an 1867 Victorian mansion. I used to house sit an 1856 house in Gettysburg. That was a, a friend's. Um, I lived in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia for a summer. I was working for the government out there. And it would always be funny. There was a guy who did ghost tours 
out there and um he would bring them by the house we lived in and he would talk about how haunted it was <laughs> mm-hmm. and like we'd like rattle the shutters because uh... it was like it's it it becomes less extraordinary when you're living in these places and they become kind of common places to you or mm-hmm. what's behind that locked door is like my office <laughs> um and and so there's that and i and i won't deny that like the legitimacy of other people who think they've felt and, and seen things there and um for me that's right it, it becomes like a philosophical and theological question yeah which like choose to imagine that when the good lord takes me home he is not going to leave me at the site he's not going to leave my soul at the site of my the worst moments of my life mm-hmm. right that's like the kind of comforting story i want to tell so that uh, you know historically young men of my gener- of my age have been the ones ripped apart by war and i like to think that i won't spend the afterlife doing that right that yeah. there is some redemption yeah. this is this is about to get so theological <laughs> no, so no, no, no 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 dude i love that this kind of is, shit. i love this there kind is of shit. right that i'm either right if maybe that's how i go to hell right that like okay like i'm i'm stuck at gettysburg Just, college with an 8 a.m monday wednesday <laughs> friday foreign language class every that, day that right? is hell that those moments of my life right like the dining hall, greasy breakfast coursing through my body as I'm oh. trying to learn another language. Um, but I, I choose to think that, right, like when salvation comes, but uh, there is salvation. Or when my when my when I'm released from my earthly shackles, that like my spirit transcends and I'm not stuck in Pennsylvania Hall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I understand and and can understand why the great. Um, emotional power of these landscapes, right? Which is often my pathway to connecting when I'm working at these sites, connecting visitors to them. That it's one of the number one questions I get asked. It's right up there with, where are the bathrooms? Yeah. What's good to eat around here? And the third question is probably, so you ever like see some weird shit out here? <laughs> and no, but um, if someone thinks that, like, I'm not going to tell them no. Um, it's just for me, um, I would rather, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, but yeah. <laughs> you, you just, you just want to be somewhere better, you know? Yeah. 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 Hope. Like when I write or I also write it's yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily yeah, it becomes, it becomes like a, a very, it becomes a very, like you could tell I was raised in like a liberal Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I view it. But I think, um, right. And there's part of me that's like going for the that, that looks for the rational but um it's it's undeniably a force for people in in their lives and so yeah. um i i'm not gonna look somebody in the eye and say like I, well actually right like <laughs> it's the number one like the number one way to become like a jerk yeah um and and i i have no interest in that i'd rather right use as as we've kind of done it here use the experiences that people have in places and talk about well People see things in the soldier's orphanage because historically, right? As a historian come and say, well, yeah, some bad things happened in here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of get to meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I think that's like a, a great thing. It's a very nice way of if, putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, if we're all whenever about, we do investigations, that's what we try to do. We always look at the history first. Yeah. What yeah. happened here? History you know, has to play. Like the Wood Match episode. There was a train crash right outside the building. Nine people died. 
traumatically. And a little boy died in a fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Guess I have to listen to the Wooden Match episode. Yes, you do. <laughs> Dude, yeah. watch so, it. It's a good one. It's not a podcast episode. It's an investigation. Okay. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's so if you if you wild. like the visual, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great one. But, uh, yeah, um, all three of us were on it. It's mm-hmm. uh, pretty damn haunted. And uh, we caught some really cool stuff. So definitely check it out. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, Cameron, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for providing your expertise. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, this has been wonderful, and I honestly cannot wait to uh, have you on again. Part two. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward two. to it. This was a great time. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Stay spooky. Make sure you whack Rosa Carmichael when you get the chance. And do not touch the blood books. Uh-huh.